am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Today, I boldly declare, my heart is alert, my mind is receptive, my ears are open, and I won't go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you that it's falling on good ground. Amen and amen. All right, so, Word of Truth Family Church, let's talk about God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. We talk about God's got your feelings. God's got this. God's got that. But I'm going to talk about God's got you. Right? So, once upon a time, not too long ago, we were in, um, we were in California. And I want to say we were kind of like in the Newport Beach area somewhere like that and they had all these big waves you know and so california the water looks amazing and you see it on the pictures and you just think wow i want to go there and then you go on the water it's freezing cold and then the waves are like super high and the current is super strong so landon was younger and uh, and he was he was playing by the shore he was playing by the shore but you know the waves got his attention and he thought, you know, maybe I should venture a little bit from the shore. But I used to be a, um, a competitive swimmer. So water and me, we get along. And so I could see from the type of waves that there were, that the undercurrent would be stronger than his weight could withstand. So I already could see the waves coming in, coming in. But I wasn't right by him. I was a little bit a ways. So as he was venturing in and venturing in, just holding his course, but venturing in, eventually i saw this big wave i saw it way out and i said oh when this comes it is going to drag him under and so i started running towards him and as i was running towards him that wave came in the undercurrent moved the sand from under his feet and it pulled him and he started turning over in the water well i got there right in time to grab his ankle and hold him upside down like this I got him. The undercurrents of life will pull you when you venture too far from the shore. But you have to remember, even when you venture out, God's got this. God's got you. God's got you. So many people, I love when people say, I got you. I love it all the time. Whether it's in Best Buy, Sonic, you know, wherever. And, you know, it's just something comforting about the words, I got you. So in your mind, well, in my mind, I think when somebody says, I got you, I'm thinking it's like a commitment. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. You don't have to ask me to remember. I, I'm, I, I'm on it. I got you. You be at peace. I'm concerned about you. I got you. That's kind of how I feel about I got you. You know what I'm saying? But some people will say, I got you. And then they took you. <laughs> it's different to be got than took now I don't know if you've ever been took but they said they got you or maybe you were the tooker I don't know but everybody has some point got took and that sucked <laughs> that just does not feel good but that whole I got you and so when it comes to God a lot of times it's hard when God is saying I got you to believe because you were thinking before the last person who said I got you 
They ain't got you. You had trusted your big dreams and your big hopes and your big expectations and all your heart and you put it in hands too small and they dropped it, forgot it, neglected, left it. But somehow I want to tell you Numbers 23 verse 19 says, For God is not man that he should lie and neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Another translation says it like this. God is not a man that he should lie. He does not change his mind like humans do. Has he ever promised without doing what he said? Another version, the message says, God is not man one given to lies and not the son of man changing his mind. Does he speak and not do what he says? Does he promise and not come through? Listen, when God says, I got you. It is not like when people say, I got you and they got you as long as it's convenient for them. Or they got you as long as they can remember. Or they got you because they're resources. No, when God says, I got you, he means I got you. He is not going to fail. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forsake you. When he says, I got you, he means I got you. You understand? So let's go into our text that we've been doing during the series, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, absolutely love the Psalm 23. It's the very first set of scriptures I teach to my kids from their little, 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 little. And so they know the entire scriptures right by the time they're two and three because we repeat it so much, so much, so much. But absolutely love that Psalm 23 verse 5. And this is what it says here. But let's go to verse 4 because it's just cool, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Verse four, uh, verse 5. Thou prepares a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. We're going to break this all the way down today. All the way down. So get pen and paper, act like you know some Hebrew, Hebrew or something and let's go. All right, so Psalm 23, verse 5. He prepares a table for me. You ready? He prepares, he prepares, he prepares. So I know, you know, I don't know, young people don't normally really cook right now. They just pick up stuff and press one on the microwave and heat it up. I don't know. Some people cook, some people don't. I really like cooking because cooking is like a love language for me. If I cook for you, I mean, I really love you. If I'm cooking for you, well, well, I love you to love the Lord. I'm just going to stay there. But I really like cooking. And when I am cooking for somebody, or I think in advance, like way in advance, like way, way in advance, you know, so I would think, okay, you know, on this day for their birthday or, or for Christmas or, whoa, I haven't seen them in a long time. And I will do the most. Okay, so a lot of people like my oxtail and my curry goat. <laughs> So, but I have to go to a particular farm on particular days at particular times in the morning because I want a particular type of meat when it's freshly cut. So I don't just randomly go. And I, then I go way over to Fort Worth and I get the vegetables. And I go way over to Pioneer and get the different seasonings. So I can make a two-hour trip going all the way around. Just, I haven't even gotten home yet to do nothing with the meat. Then I will come home. Then I will season the meat and I'll do that a day or two in advance. And then I begin the cooking. And then I begin the plating. And the person may take 15 minutes to inhale that. 
What took me months to plan, weeks to scout out, days to drive around, hours to prepare. But you know what? It don't bother me because I wanted to do it. I wanted them to know I am preparing for them. And in that 15 minutes, in that 20 minutes that they're eating, they're not focused on anything else. They're not worried. They're not panicked. All they're doing is eating, fellowshipping, enjoying, resting, relaxing. They're not panicking while they're eating. And so here is the art of preparation. That the Bible says that God himself prepares. So if I can do that in my limited scope, what is he doing in his infinite ability? What is he doing? Who is he talking to on your behalf? What, how far ahead is he planning? Is it 10 years from now for you? Is it next week for you? Is it 20 years for you? Listen, in the middle of it all, he is preparing for you. He takes on the role of servant for you. He begins to analyze and think what would make you happy. What would make you happy? So this is the idea behind preparation. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. The day is holy and do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't know about you, but me and food, we have a thing going on. And somehow when food is in the mix, happiness happens. I mean, everything happens in the kitchen, right? It's just happiness. You're just happy, happy, happy. A lot of good memories are around food and a lot of my bad memories are when I don't have them. (laughs) So here it is that Nehemiah associates food with joy. And joy with the strength of God. So when you and I can understand that the preparation, and in the Eastern culture, you see, we think of preparation as, hey, we just set a table and, and that's kind of what it does. No, but when you're in a, a Jewish culture, or Aramaic culture, Indian culture, Hebrew, um, uh, Muslim culture, this is what happens. And remember, the Bible is an Eastern book. So what will happen is you go to the house and you're the guest of honor and you sit at the table and they bring out like, you know, nuts and things and then they clear that. And then they bring out, you know, meat and then they clear that. Then they bring out like vegetables and they clear that. And then they bring out coffee and then they clear that. And it goes on and on and on. And if you are not culturally astute, you will eat so much in the first course that you'll not be able to enjoy the rest. But if you're smart, you understand that they're not ever going to stop coming. As long as you are sitting there, they have prepared in advance for you sitting there for hours. So the art of preparation God is preparing for you a table, a table, a table, a table is significant because that is how wealth was measured. The amount and the ability for you to be hospitable, the amount of food that you could have. If you just had one little bag of grapes and nobody wanted to come to your house. You know what I'm saying? But if you had like overflowing grapes, remember when the Israelites went and they said, it's a land filled with milk and honey. Look at the size of these grapes. So when a person was wealthy, they were counting the wealth in the ability to be hospitable. When Abram came and the angel visited him and said, listen, hey, you gonna have a baby. He said, whoa, cut, cut the cow up. Sarah, fix this up. Baba. So he had, he was wealthy based on the amount of cattle and the farming and the land that he owed. So when God says, listen, I'm preparing a table for you. And God is preparing the table for you. That speaks to the wealth of God on your behalf. All right. So he's preparing a table, right? Before me. What is before me? The word there is lefani. 
before me. And it's, a, it's an aggressive word. It's an aggressive word. It actually means to put on high display in a form of confrontation. It's almost like God is, I'm putting you at the head of the table. I'm setting all of this for you, but I'm doing it kind of to show you off. I'm doing it intentionally so that everybody can see this is not prepared for them. This is prepared for you. And you're going to sit right there. You're going to sit right there with all this abundance. Over and over and over and you're going to receive. And you're going to be so full and so fluffy. And so <laughs> it's going to be known that you are healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs> Amen. All right. In the presence of. So it says, what? I will prepare a table for me in the presence of. In the presence of. It actually means to oppose. In the presence of. That phrase means to oppose. It means to oppose. In the presence of who? My enemies. Oh, I like this part right here. My enemies. Because, you know, you think about your enemy that was kind of talking about you and gossiping about you. No, the word enemies there actually means to cramp or hem you in. What is cramping your style? What is hemming you in? What is hindering you? What is binding you? You know, David, see, see, David is the author of this psalm. He's not the author of every psalm, but he's the author of this particular one. And David had enemies. David had the enemies of his brothers. He was the youngest one. And when he went on the battlefield, they were like, why aren't you here? Shouldn't you be like with the sheep? David had the enemy of Saul who wanted to kill him and he had to run to the land of the Philistines to escape. David had the enemy of his son Absalom who wanted to take the kingdom from him. David had the enemy of his own self. His son had to die because of his hookup, right? David had situations that bound him and caused him to feel hemmed in. And Ziklag, when all his family was taken and held hostage. You see, so what is it? That could be holding you and hemming you in. Making you feel you cannot make progress. Is it this pandemic? Is it the effects of the pandemic? Is it the fear that's coming out of the pandemic? Is it the change and shift in your health? Is it the change and shift in your job? What is it that's making you feel as if you are bound up and hemmed in and you cannot move? It says he's going to prepare a table for you in the presence of that. Then he anoints my head. He anoints my head with oil. Oh, he anoints my head. And so he takes that oil and he rubs it all over your head. And you would think that the anointing is just for kings and priests. But no, in this it means to make one fat. See, sometimes fat is good. I know you don't want it. But in the Bible, the generous soul shall be made fat. So fat was a sign. He was using the olive oil, smearing on the guest and saying, listen, He's favored. He's in front. He's going to be abundant. But God, guess what too? It's also in the phraseology or or context of sheep, right? So as you are dealing with this pandemic, as you are dealing with these enemies, as you are dealing with whatever it is, if it's a credit score, if if it's a job situation, if it's your health, whatever you're dealing with, and he anoints you with oil, it's also healing because he would smear and rub the oil into the head of the sheep, right? And he rub it into their ears and rub it into their nose because the flies would come in and within minutes drive the sheep crazy mess with their mind and this is set to mess with your mind 
These enemies that you're confronting, these fears that you're confronting, these things that you are fighting are set to make you snap. They're set to make you stay in your bed and be distressed and be depressed and not want to roll out and not want to get up. They're set for you drawing back. They're set for you shrinking your dreams. They're set for you not trusting God. They're set for you going in reverse. That's what it is. The enemy is there to steal, kill, and destroy. He's set up to intimidate you. But can I tell you that God has set a table for you in the presence of your enemies? He has anointed your head with oil and your cup will run over. So when he has anointed you, you are guaranteed to be made fat. When he has anointed you, he's guaranteed that you'll be made shiny. You'll be made favored. You'll be seen. The Bible calls it a signet ring. I will put you as a signet ring. I will put you on display. So don't worry about your enemies. You stand against them, but God's got you. You may not feel like you can survive. You may not feel like you can thrive in the pandemic. But I'm telling you, while you're looking at them, God's preparing a table for you. He's got you on his mind. Amen. Amen and amen. Woo. Listen here. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. It's not just a wine cup. It's actually a container of blessings. Like a coin purse. My blessings get so much in the face of my enemies, in the season of lack, in the season of wilderness. Did he not say I will make streams of run in the desert? Would he not say that he would make high places low and crooked ways straight? He said he would make a way in the wilderness for you. So you have to know that if you're in a wilderness season, this is where he likes to show up. He likes to show up in the valley of dry bones. He likes to say bones and say muscle, sinew, tissue, walk, rise up. That's what he likes to do. He likes to show up in wilderness places and say, let me send a cloud in the day and let me send some fire at night. Oh, God likes to show up in the wilderness when jesus came back out did he wasn't he stronger see this is a setup for you if you sit down on god you'll miss a setup of the preparation that he's actually elevating you while you think you're going down he's actually pushing you up so i want to encourage you to hear i don't have three points two songs a dance and a po- i don't have none of that i just got a word telling you god's got you God's got you today. He's got you tomorrow. He's got you 10 days from now. He's got you 10 years from now. You don't need to worry. Didn't the Bible say, look at the birds of the ear and the the lilies of the field. Do they worry? Aren't you more valuable than them? Now the translation Aramaic Bible says this. You have prepared tables in front of me opposite my enemies you have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows as if it were alive our enemies your enemies those situations where those things that are just coming up those people those unnecessary things they want you to exert energy and god just wants you to eat he just wants you to eat he just wants you to chill and eat the situation wants you to panic and God wants you to be patient with his preparation that's the thing it's not that we doubt God's provision it's that we are impatient in the preparation of the provision so we don't want him to go to the store 
We just want him to wham, bam, shazam, alcatraz, you know, sprinkle some fairy dust and it's over. But, but, but maybe you have to go far and wide. Maybe you have to go and talk to somebody way over in the middle of China. Maybe you have to go and talk to somebody way over in Italy for you. Maybe somebody in Italy who knows somebody in South Africa, who knows somebody in Germany, has to go down to somebody in Jamaica who talks to somebody in St. Vincent, who goes to the Bahamas, who comes back to Trinidad, who goes over to Fort Worth, who talks to somebody in Dallas, who comes back to Arlington, who comes to your street. Maybe that's what's going on. And while you are rushing and you're panicking, he's prepping. He is prepping. He is prepping. He is prepping. Listen, where's my help? My help cometh from Polo. Come forth. (laughs) So what am I saying to you? What am I saying to you? David had enemies that restricted him and hemmed him in. Right? But what are you going to do? So I'm going to come over here and there's a lot of bread over here. A lot of bread over here. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't allow your suffering to starve you. Let it set you up for the next slice of bread. <laughs> Say, God's got me. Say, God's got me. Say, God, even if others drop me, God's got me. Amen. Amen. It's like this. It's like this. All of these enemies, all of these things, are coming and we sit down and we start thinking in our own understanding and in our own minds. How do I resolve that? How do I fix that? How can I stop them from talking about me? What did I do wrong? I try to be good. Why did they decline me? I did better. Why are they still holding me to them? That was so many years ago. Why is my son sick? Why is my daughter frustrated? Enemies. Things that drain your energy and take your focus. Enemies. Enemies to the plan of God and the call of God on your life. But I'm here to encourage you that God's got you. And even when you have difficulties, God will deliver you. And when you have battles, God God will fight them for you. But the thing I love the most about this whole thing, and I always see this about God, you know, like for real, like even though all these things happen, because some of the things happened to David and some of the things David happened to, right? But still somehow, in spite of all the enemies and the stuff that he was dealing with. And I, I, I remember so many times that David was in the Psalms going, God, my bones are so dry. And he'd cry out to God and he'd say, Lord, the one closest to me is my enemy. And when Absalom was turning against him, his own son, and, and he ran from his own son. And he cried out unto God and he said, I'm wax faint. I don't think I can go on any more enemies. You see the journey of David just spoken throughout the Psalms and you see how many times he was struggling and how many times he was afraid and how many times he was worried and, and, and yet he'd come back and, and it says that he, God prepared a table for him. And yet... 
when the Philistines came and God helped David defeat that and then he was at Ziklag and God says to him pursue recover overtake goes and he recovers all and he doesn't understand that all is going on and what's like crazy powerful is God doesn't take the kingdom from David while he has enemies while he has a struggle while he has a fight while he's in a pandemic while he's trying to figure out what the next move no no God still prepares for him in the presence of his enemies when Saul is hunting him down he's still preparing for him when, when he feels lost and frustrated he's still still preparing for him and the Bible says that that no matter what even if your credit score is not good he's still preparing a yes for you and even if, if your body looks like it's sick and a tumor is growing he's preparing a healing for you and, and, and even if, if you know they said boy we don't know what's going on with the school here and, and your, your kids can't go back right now where we're declining them he's prepared another school for you and then and he said listen I know your marriage is going through. I know it's struggling right now. But listen, I'm preparing for you. And the Bible says here that my cup overflows. And even in the middle of it, it doesn't matter how much stress, it doesn't matter how much pressure, it's going to overflow. Because even though you cannot see it, I'm doing something. I'm not canceling your anointing. I'm not canceling your call. I'm not changing my plan because you're under pressure. No, I'm not going to do that. Because even when you don't say it, I'm working. Even when you can't calculate it, I'm even when you feel you're being pushed back, I'm pushing you up. I am going to put you in the presence of your enemies. I will cause your head to be anointed with oil. I will let you overflow. Oh, we bless you, God. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but I'm saying in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of this stressful time, God is actually setting you up. God is actually bringing you up. You're coming out better than you went in. I told you 2020 was a hard year, but the year is not over. It doesn't mean that you can't thrive in this year. It doesn't mean that you can't produce in this year. It doesn't mean you can't fulfill God's work in this year. This year is still happening. I double dog dare you to sit down at the table and act like you know somebody's prepared a blessing for you. I double dog dare you to sit down and chill and eat. I double dog dare you to say, listen, even though you're coming against me, I know that I know that I know God's got me. I may not be able to eat it all, but I'm not going to focus on the enemy. God's going to silence your mouth. God's going to stand up against you for me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to enjoy the blessing. I'm going to enjoy what you have prepared for me. I'm going to enjoy your plans because your word says your plans are to prosper me and to bless me. A pandemic, a situation, a person, nothing can stop that. All I got to do is understand, even when I don't see it, God's got me. Stop working, even when I don't see you work. 
never stop, you never stop work. You never stop, you never stop work. Even when I don't see it, you work. Even when I don't feel it, you work. Never stop, never stop work. Never stop, you never stop work. We make miracle work. Promise keep found you to be waymaker, miracle work. Promise keep. We know you are a waymaker, miracle work. Promise keep. We know you got our backs. Waymaker, miracle work. Promise keep. there today and you may not know Jesus Christ as Lord as way maker and miracle worker maybe you are a believer and you forgot because you are used to preparing for everybody else and worried about everybody else's comfort maybe you forgot that God is concerned about you and he's actually preparing things just for you with your name on it maybe you forgot because the enemies and the situation just seems so so much that you forgot that there's a table right there with your name on it maybe you forgot God's got you but I want to pray for you today and if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior or you want to recommit your life I want to invite you to do that you can text the word commit to 54244 Text the word commit to 54244 and let us know that you made a commitment to Jesus Christ today. We want to contact you, stay in touch with you, pray for you, and, and let you know that's the best decision you could have ever made. If you're a believer out there, we want to encourage you. So I'm going to pray for all the believers and then we'll say the prayer of salvation together and welcome you to God's family. Father, thank you, Lord, that you are reminding us of how good you are. You're reminding us that you are faithful and you're a present help in times of trouble. You're reminding us that you never leave us, you never forsake us, you never abandon us or let us down or let us go. That you've got us. So God, we turn over everything that is concerning us, everything that we can't handle, everything that we are just at our wit's end about. God, I ask you for your divine wisdom and incredible favor to surround us right now. I thank you, God, that you're going to put us on display. I thank you, God, that our cup is going to overflow. I thank you, Lord, that you're keeping our enemies at bay that Lord they may come one way but the Bible declares that they shall flee in seven God it is guaranteed that we should win Lord I thank you that you're not you're not canceling your assignment on us you're not canceling your blessings on us because we have enemies Lord I thank you Lord that even more so we know that today though we walk through the valley of death you are there with us with your rod and your staff and they comfort us so we bless and we glorify you for strengthening the believers in Jesus name amen now if you repeat this prayer of salvation for me those of you who want to commit your life to Jesus Christ